Welcome to the Wheel to Wheel podcast. G'day and welcome to episode five of the Wheel to Wheel podcast. And this is the finale for 2020 for our podcast and for the Formula One season. This past Sunday, we saw the Abu Dhabi 2020 Grand Prix to finish off this year. And it was uh, quite an emotional one. And today we'll be giving our review of the race as well as putting a botas on the year as a whole so kind of giving our year in review so i'm here again this week with uh, james and Vroon. how's it going boys good day how are you pretty good doing having well. a couple pints uh celebrating the year end of our first full season as a diehard formula one fans so yep. pretty nice to be able to uh wrap it up here and look for a full year of podcasts ahead. Um, every race we'll be reviewing but come next year. So this is going to be the long night for Game of Thrones fans <laughs> coming up. This will be. This is going to feel so weird because we've had something to look forward to for the last like however many weekends. Like I feel like it's been a, this whole quarantine. We've always had something to look forward to. So hopefully quarantine's coming to an end, and with that, we'll be able to uh, look forward to the next year of Formula One in 2021. So uh, we'll start our, what I will call brief review of uh, the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix was not terribly exciting. We had a lot of uh, chit chat and banter while we were watching the race because that was really the uh, majority of the entertainment um, that was had. A lot of the race, I I say like 75, 80% of the race was won on Saturday with Max Verstappen, James's, uh, James's mini helmet man. Uh, coming out with his the cleanest win and probably one of the cleanest races we've seen this year. Just no, no. other than a Mercedes driver. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. excluding Mercedes completely. Yes, yes, absolutely. for sure. But also just in general, like we only saw one DNF. We had the first lap. Everyone. Yeah, was we there, were surprised so. that after the first lap there was no DNFs and yeah. everyone was still in the race. So that was, was good. Listen to the commentary. It was like they were shocked too. It was like we said it, and then the commentary said it right away after. Yeah, it was like, you wow, know that still twenty guys. Yeah, you know that camera angle coming out of first one. We're so used to just seeing like a bunch of sparks, explosions, yeah. fire, whatnot. A car skirting right across the exactly. track. Yeah. Anything. <laughs> exactly, or stalling or something like that. But in general, like I said, we did see a very nice. Uh, it was nice to see. The Mercedes stronghold, which is kind of the only talking point for the history of this track in the last six to seven years, has been uh, Mercedes locking out the front row and taking wins. They've really just loved this track. And obviously with uh, the early news of Lewis coming back in his car, we were kind of thinking it was going to be a little bit of a boring weekend with yeah. Lewis back in his that, car. But I mean, glad he's okay and yeah, everything's sure. fine, but that was kind of the, the storyline heading into it was hopefully that he could keep everything interesting with... Uh, Russell staying in there and having Aiken sit at Williams because that would have been a little spiciness to end uh, a notably lesser entertaining track. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course. And I think it was, I don't know who exactly it was, but one reporter mentioned that, you know, you've made it in a sport when people say that your return would make it boring. So yeah. <laughs> definitely true for Lewis. Obviously, like we said, glad he's okay, but uh, we <laughs> probably would have uh, had some more entertainment if George Slancy. Oh, yeah. Well, looking at Bahrain round, round two, the Sakir Grand Prix, it was so entertaining that that whole weekend was without Lewis there like Bruins mentioned it made it exciting we all would have liked uh not obviously we don't want Lewis to be sick but it was it's something to look forward to I mean when he does retire in the next you know maybe three to four years who knows how much longer he has as long as he doesn't go as long as Kimmy yeah exactly (laughs) because he'll still win races he'll still be in the Mercedes but 
Um, either way, it was uh, it was still awesome. We ought to did we did get a nice surprise with Max pulling off the win. It was and he was a marginal marginal or sorry a, a sizable high, a sizable yeah sorry <laughs> a sizable margin that he won by. That was what I was trying to get yeah. at. And Qualies was a marginal win, marginal win over top of the Mercedes. They yeah, get it was pulled twenty five milliseconds to Botas for P two. So yeah, it was great to see that Red Bull like. Uh, Mercedes has said they're coming closer and closer and closer. It's good to see them right there, and hopefully yeah. they can get their car next year up there, and we're, I think we're going to see a very competitive grid next year, which we'll talk about um, coming up in the off season. So other than that, we didn't have too much to note. We had um, Sergio Perez, who started at the back of the grid due to, so, due to some uh, extra engine components that he had on the car. He ended up uh, having another engine issue. Yeah, so it was very unfortunate. Kind of left out that spice that we were trying to see with that battle for P three, which we've been talking about the last couple of episodes on the podcast. Not going to brag, but Varun and I <laughs> did end up being correct that uh, McLaren did finish in that P three position, but did suck to see because Perez had a great first few laps. It looked like he was going to give them uh, mm-hmm. a run for their money. We know that he's a guy that can give uh, McLaren a run yeah. for their money. So it looked like he was going to end up. In the points, and like you said, maybe make it a little spicy at the end for, for whoever's sure. going to get P three. But when he went out and Lance just started slowly sinking, it was a it was a slow bleed for racing points P three because they had the, about a ten point cushion going into mm-hmm. the weekend, so they had high hopes, and it was just tough Very. to see them on the pit wall yeah, losing hope as the laps went by. So for sure, the the tables did turn a lot, and. The only real other couple interesting things about the race where we saw Gasly had some amazing overtakes. He's been mm-hmm. great, so fun to watch all year. One of my favorite drivers to watch this season. And uh, he made it interesting with a couple really nice overtakes. And uh, we also saw a couple long stints on the first set of tires after the, the initial safety car with uh, Daniel Ricciardo, who ended up making up a couple positions uh, with his long stint on his first set of tires after his first pit stop. And uh, Sebastian Vettel had a great first stint on his tires he was holding off stroll uh kind of helping his uh his uh i guess counterpart who will be moving to ferrari carlos signs in his battle so it, there was some interesting moments in there for sure uh daniel ricardo managed to nick the fastest lap at the end and that was a nice way to end his uh renault career, career yeah. yeah yeah overall not a not a great race for renault you could tell that they wanted to have, get a little bit more from their uh, last race of the season, especially with a, such a good result last year with, or sorry, last race with Ocon getting his first podium. But mm-hmm. overall, I think this year in general has been a great, uh, you know, great um, just advancement for Ricardo with his time at Renault. Obviously, no podiums last year, and he showed mm-hmm. that uh, he's still a great driver this year. And yeah, I think McLaren's gonna be great. He's gonna like, be really l- happy to have him. licking his chops for coming yeah. to McLaren next and year. Renault again, like you mentioned, had three podiums, and I don't think they had any for the last like six seasons or yeah. something yeah. incredible like that. So yeah, they this... definitely have something to build off of for next year. For sure, I have a hole to fill. But I mean, yeah, Fernando Alonso coming in, but that will be discussion for later episodes. Yeah, for sure, um, the young driver Fernando Alonso. <laughs> yeah, the, the one the one thing that I did like that Renault did was. Two years ago, you saw in the drive to survive. They had the Nico Hulkenberg like toupees that all the mechanics had when they said goodbye to him. Yeah, and now this year they had the twenty twenty version of Ricardo, but they put the, the mask, mask on with a big ass smile that yeah. he is so trademarked at this point in time that he's always grinning. So, yeah. and we're gonna see a tattoo at some point. <laughs> Two <hopefully>. maybe. <laughs> I know it's just one, but I, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I maybe just. 
one with color maybe that's like the yeah. deal it gets to add a little bit more i heard we it. should be looking at that towards the end of january so maybe we'll dedicate an episode to cyril's new tattoo but yeah. <laughs> no promises right <laughs> so now do some predictions yeah <laughs> but no it should be should be good i mean there's not too too much else to talk about we obviously had a very emotional race uh it's kind of unfortunate not to see roman grosjean in his last formula one race obviously with his injuries and his back um bahrain accident he wasn't able to uh heal up in time i did watch an interview with uh, will buxton and him and he kind of showed his right hand and his right hand was free of bandages and then i was like oh well you know what what could he be racing and then he he said he brought his left hand up and it was still covered in bandages just to say that you know it wouldn't have been a good idea for him to be there this weekend so he's at home and he was talking about you know the fact that his family was so happy to have him home and he still wants to be a racer so yeah i feel like he was definitely trying as much as he could yeah for pride reasons to get back in the car. 100%. The fact that he almost saw death and wants to get in that same car a few weeks later just yeah. goes to show how much of a, a race driver he really is. And I'm sure wherever he ends up, he's going to find some success. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And we did see him tweet about potentially doing some Twitch streaming uh, this weekend. So yeah. at least getting some racing in and still <laughs> providing some entertainment to people. Yeah, he, he does actually normally upload like YouTube videos. They're in French, so I don't you watch them very often. But he's doing like iRacing and stuff like that. And Maybe once you get your French training in for your government. Maybe once, <laughs> I, maybe once I take my French training, I'll be his number one fan. But... Um, I think one of the things about him that's interesting is obviously we haven't been fans of the sport for a long time. We kind of caught the end of his career and we saw some good moments in Haas, but he really had a, such an up and down career, but he's, he's had, he had, you could tell he has tremendous ability. And I think we've seen over the last few weeks, what kind of a guy he is and how important he is to a lot of people, uh, in the sport and in motorsports. So wish him the best. All in all, we wish him the best. And, yeah. uh, Maybe a hot take at the end of this episode might be uh, revolving around a Roman. So, Varun, do you have something? Yeah, no, just to add on that, you know, like, obviously the memes just seem to write themselves with him uh, these past few years. But then when you look back at his career as a whole, um, the podiums with Lotus, he's he's yeah. definitely, no one would be in the sport as long as he has if they didn't have some talent. So, definitely a respectable driver and we wish him all the best. And, um, yeah, like Reggie said, some some talk to be had about him at the end of the episode. Maybe. I think so. And I think uh, there's not too much else to be talked about about Abu Dhabi. It's not normally a super exciting Grand Prix. It's a beautiful track. I think it was beautiful to see yeah. these cars. It was almost more of a joyride. And we did see a couple nice overtakes. Not too much uh, to really write home about. It was really nice to see Max win. But all in all, I think it's best if we move on to our uh, 2020 year in review. We'll put a, well, again, we'll put a little Botas on uh, 2020 for the Formula <laughs> One season. In this episode, so uh, the major talking point um, that we wanted to start with is just that big win for best of the rest, McLaren in uh, P3 of yeah. the Constructors. They managed to have a great weekend. They did exactly what they planned on doing um, and ended up edging uh, racing point, point yeah. for that best of the rest, and that means money. $10 million to be exact, so definitely going to go a long way, and then to add on to that, um, cash flow coming in for McLaren. I think they also recently announced some additional funding from an investor, mm. um, MSP Sports Capital. Thank yep. you for that. And do you have the happen to have the figure on hand as well? I do remember. Um, it was a lot of somewhere money. north of a hundred million. Yeah. So yeah, an injection of one hundred eighty-five million pounds over yeah. three years. I there watched that little clip of uh, Zach. Is it Zach? Zach Brown. Zach Brown. Right. I always 
like I don't know if I should say his name because it's the same as like a country yeah. singer. So it's like I <laughs> don't want to. I don't want to. Yeah, I don't want to mix it up. But um, he did his little minute or two video where he was talking about that investment, and he was so excited he couldn't even get through half of the video because yeah. he was like, he like fumbled up up some up some whoa 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 fumbled up some <laughs> words like I just did because I had a couple ten percent beers, but uh, um, fumbled on his words just like I did. And he was like just so ecstatic. He was talking about how they're going to be at that fighting for that top position. They're going to be fighting for podiums, hopefully, in the next few years. So yeah, it's going to be bring great. them back to the old form that they once were. And yeah. that goes back to us saying Daniel Ricardo is going to be so happy. Yeah, yes. and we, we hope to see it too because, like we said, we uh, won't hide our bias too much. We're McLaren fans, and mm-hmm. um, we've been talking a lot about how they hope to you know get the technology increases they want to be able to rise back to the top like they once were, and this money's. Definitely nothing to scoff at in terms of their uh, no. effort to get and there. We, for the record, we did pick them at the beginning of the year yes. before these races yes. even started. <laughs> so it started off with Lando a podium, and I feel like we definitely had a lot to do with that. Well, we, we, just, do, we just talked about it. it. We talked <laughs> about it. You can go back in our episodes. Episode one, James and I talked about our – Javrin wasn't here yet because he's hungover as hell. But <laughs> we talked about our favorite uh, constructors, and we were talking about the underdogs, McLaren, McLaren. They were not even really – they were in the fight for P3, but it didn't look like... It looked like Racing Point at that point, where they were on a hot streak. looked like they were going to take that P3 mm-hmm. pretty easily. So, yeah, no, it's great to see. Uh, there's going to be so many competitive teams in these next coming yeah. years. And, and that funding going into the regulation changes too? Mm-hmm. Oh, my. Big time. That is going to be a whole, exactly what they need is yeah. not worry about Absolutely. money and have a whole bunch of... Hopefully, the be able to level the playing field yeah. and then their power there. unit will be mercedes next next year. Year. yeah so right. um, no, moving away from Renault Renault this year Renault. it's Renault this year so moving uh onto the mercedes yeah. engine like they uh like they had when they were at the top of the constructor exactly so. and like we've seen racing point they were the third fastest car on the grid by far this year they have a mercedes power unit so leveling that playing field with racing point they managed to beat racing point for this p3 with the Renault power unit super awesome really shows that having those two phenomenally consistent drivers and you know what like i wonder how much the relationship between the drivers ends up coming to positive results because lando and carlos had such an amazing relationship it was so fun to watch we talked about the youtube videos that we've seen those no strings attached if you haven't seen that go watch it's hilarious on youtube unbox and no strings attached definitely worth amazing and and then you look at a team like racing point where i think there's a divide i don't know if lance stroll is the perfect team yeah he's not like a big age gap yeah yeah well i don't know if anyone like lance is a little bit stuck up like i don't know if it's easy to be his teammate like he's always going to kind of look at you and and you're always like walking on eggshells because his dad owns the team he probably thinks like oh this guy you know he probably thinks that oh his teammates like oh well this guy shouldn't even be in this seat i'm racing like a guy yeah it's tough for both parties he always thinks everyone's against him yeah Yeah. and no like you said like that's the one thing we noticed all year is that carlos Mm -hmm. and lando had such an amazing relationship and you can tell that Lando's a bit sad that he's uh, going to have Carlos move on. But then that for makes sure. us even more excited for next year because Daniel Ricciardo and Lando Norris, no one needs to tell you, it's like two, two of the greatest personalities in the yeah. sport. To have them together on the same team, I think, you know, uh, that should be great to watch. Yeah, and yeah. my favorite thing about it is that you're seeing, you got to see Lando and um, Carlos as teammates. And they were absolutely phenomenal. It was so fun to watch. Not only on the track, but like off the track, their relationship was amazing. Yeah, the watch. banter was now amazing. You, no one's leaving the sport. You get to see Carlos. He's going to move on, be teammates with Charles Leclerc at Ferrari. You're going to see Daniel Ricciardo come in. It's going to be even better to see that, you know, Lando's relationship with Carlos is not over. They're just going to be even more 
uh, are fighting against each other on yeah. that, and they're always going to have respect for each other, which is just so fun to see. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe maybe a few teams that don't have that kind of relationship uh, between their two drivers might want to take note because I think like as a driver, you um, there's so much less pressure when you know that you're not you know fighting against your teammate. You can uh, especially if there's things going on with the team that you need to vent about, like you're not happy with how the how the car is progressing or things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you have like a kind of an ally on your teammates so yeah there's already so much stress and pressure exactly. on the drivers having yeah. animosity between them would just add to that and yeah for sure i think have- it's probably easier when you're fighting for that like midfield uh you know p3 and the constructors it's easier to have a better relationship because yes. you're not fighting for the title exactly so it's probably you know we've seen it with rossberg and hamilton over the years yeah you're not chasing personal accolades yeah, it's, it's more very, for the team yeah, yeah so if they i think you know, if they were both Mercedes drivers, we might see something a little different. But yeah. even Hamilton and Bottas, they both have, they have a respectable relationship. They re- they respect each other. They share data. We've heard. I over feel the like years. that's simply because it is known Lewis is number one. Yeah, Bottas sure. number two. Bottas will <laughs> never admit that, but I think people know, and he he probably yeah. knows deep down inside. So he just looks at the biweekly pay stub and he realizes <laughs> yeah. that well, he's he number was, two. <laughs> he was arguably number two to George when he came in. Like he was yeah. so like obviously he was the leader that weekend, but in the media and stuff, people were like all about George. But also weekend. like about as good of a second driver as you can ask for, right? Because oh, yes. on those weekends that. Uh, the number one doesn't perform. Bottas is usually there. So yeah, yeah absolutely. You know, it's not a knock. Yeah, being the second driver to arguably the best driver of all time. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> and he's driving. He's driving the best car on the grid for a reason. He deserves yeah, it. One hundred percent. That's definitely not a knock on him. No, for sure. And I think one of the unfortunate things is these last two weeks we've saw we've seen a lot of negative uh, media attention towards Valtteri, and it's not like he's he's a good person. He's really he's been a really good driver. He had a couple really tough races to end this season, but we know next year he's going to come out and be. Uh, you know, that fierce fin that we see out there. He doesn't really care too much, so. Yeah, so um, going on to, again, our year in review, I think best way to do it, since we haven't been able to do this podcast the whole year, we'll just start at uh, the start of this season and just go over some notable highlights that we uh, have written down here and just, we're not going to go through every race because there's some of them that weren't really notable. Carbon copies of each other. For sure. And then we we also... uh, (laughs) Up until we'll go up until Imola, which was our first episode. Um, so if you do want to do our in depth, listen to our in depth review, and we ha- you haven't yet, you can go back to episode one of our podcast and uh, look for a little bit more uh, in depth analysis there. So I guess uh, James, do you want to start with uh, round one of Austria? Yeah, round one of Austria it was a lot of hype going into week one because the rate. Uh, when does the Season normally started in May. I think early May, yeah. So Australia. it was delayed by two months. It was July by the time they finally yeah, got to it. People thought that it wasn't going to happen. Exactly. Yeah. So the fact that they finally hit the road and it was uh, an entertaining race at that. Nine DNFs total. Hit the road they did. Yeah. They hit, hit the hit road. Hit each other they did. Yeah. Hit the road. A lot of reliability issues. Mm-hmm. Hit the pits right after. Yeah. But uh, Latifi with his best finish at P11. With nine DNFs. So, yes. <laughs> uh, you can do the math there. Um <laughs> And Norris capturing his first ever podium to start the season. If you do recall, that was a cheeky last lap, getting the fastest lap, and to be within Lewis Hamilton's five-second penalty gap to actually secure the first podium of his career. So thank you very much, Lewis, for that. Yes. And again, we became McLaren fans before this race, so we do feel like we boosted Lando just a bit to get to that podium. So it was a great... Uh, first live race that we ever watched and it was incredible to uh, start our whole like viewing career of it and uh, yeah. yeah I'll be open and say that 
I didn't watch this race, and this was at the time where you guys were telling me to watch the Formula One Drive to Survive, and I was like, no, I'm not going to do it, I'm not going to do it, I'm not going to do it. So I ended up missing, uh, like, the first four rounds, and uh, that's my my shame. Yeah, honesty is a good policy, and uh, luckily we did get you into the sport, because if we (laughs) did this podcast, probably wouldn't have existed. No, it never would have existed, and it took you way too many turns, way too many times telling me, and I'm fully embarrassed, but... I'll hold my hand up. Shame on me. Next season, you know that I'll be the one with the the, the best analysis you can ever imagine. Because I feel like right from the start, I've been going deep dive because my job's way easier than yours. <laughs> so <laughs> I, don't, I can I do mean, a lot of F1 analysis. You've taken it with your arms open, mm-hmm. ready to go. Yeah, and... collecting cards, doing the whole yeah. shebang. Yeah. Full on F1 fan. <laughs> so anyways, yeah. yeah so was, you... And Leclerc, with, they had... Uh, he finished P2 in this race, and yeah. Ferrari had no expectations going yeah, into the year. Oh, yeah. They knew from testing, and also the long delay probably just made it felt like an eternity for them. Mm-hmm. But Leclerc pulled out a P2 out of his ass, which was incredible. Which as was, well. He pulled a lot of things out of his ass this year. Yes, yeah. year. Talk, and talk Valtteri about. wins it, which yeah. was also uh, Very, a nice little start to the year, seeing Lewis not in first, which yeah. quickly changes, but... <laughs> we should, we can move on now from uh, the first race. Yeah, so moving on to the next weekend, uh, same venue but different name, the Styrian Grand Prix. Not quite ex- quite as exciting as the first round. Um, the the name of this race was Hambot Ver, which you'll hear a lot about this season. Um, the classic, um, you know, the the three guys that are used to sitting on the podium. So yeah. uh, not as notable as round one, but I guess it's we'll just, just move on. From just there. just the way she goes, you can't win them all. Yeah, just replaying no. "God Save the Queen" on repeat. <laughs> that was basically it, and whatever the German national anthem is called. And yes. <laughs> I won't pretend that I was watching Hungary in round three the next uh, weekend, but apparently I didn't need to because it was pretty pretty boring. We had another uh, Hamverbot. Hamverbot, Ham- change Ham- it up. Yeah. Changed it a little bit. Hamilton for Stappen Bottas on the podium. Nothing too much to note there. Uh, no crazy. Uh, craziness. So we really slowed down after that Austria round one. We had some uh, more down to earth races, as well as uh, br- the uh, British Grand Prix round one of this year. So we had two races in Britain this year. Um, the next weekend, we saw Hamilton capture his, I want to say fourth or fifth British Grand Prix in a row. He's been uh, an abs on an absolute heater there. Obviously, his home track. So. You know he's up for that race uh, every year. So we saw Hamilton for Stappen, and we did see Leclerc take a cheeky uh, P3 in that race. So Yeah. Also, um, this was the race where uh, Sergio Perez ended up getting COVID and having oh, yes. uh, Nico Hulkenberg be replaced. But if I do remember correctly... I think that was the next one, actually. No, it was both the Silverstone, oh, okay. but Nico's race didn't start because the car didn't start up on the grid. Oh. And the only reason also for this podium while Bottas wasn't on it was because his tires popped. Lewis's tires popped, but But he he also limped that three-wheeled Mercedes-Benz home for the win, which is ridiculous. Insane to watch. Like, you could argue that maybe a three-wheeled Mercedes is better than a lot of car on the grid. (laughs) (laughs) But, but... If if ever you're questioning Lewis's <laughs> skill, um, bringing that bringing that car home on three wheels was something I never thought I'd see. You know, a he, lot of he had uh, a little home turf luck. Uh, members bounce. Be. That was yeah. a members bounce. Yeah. I wonder if that played into them naming that one of those straights out because <laughs> his yeah. tires in completely embedded. That's into true. That, that was the straight as well. They named that last straight out Hamilton, Hamilton straight, yeah, yeah. Hamilton which straight, they announced so. him at the end of the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix, which yeah. was you could tell he was actually like really humbled by that. Yeah, for sure, unexpected, 100%. which was a. Uh, 
Great a nice little bit if you haven't seen that when they released it. But yeah, yeah, that was um, some nice little storylines. And then, yeah, Leclerc again with his podium. Because yeah, I would drive in that car for sure. Because unbelievable. We were told at the beginning of the year that the Ferrari was going to struggle a lot. And then Leclerc was doing his best to prove that wasn't true. But yeah, and it really showed He loves how, that track. Yeah. Leclerc loves that yeah, track. And it just really showed how well Leclerc performed. Because you can do the direct baseline comparison to Seb, and it yeah. was just tough to yeah. watch. The and Seb may have been checked out a little bit. Uh, Leclerc knows he's stuck in that car for years to come, so <laughs> he, yeah. he wants to get the most out of it. Um, Seb, on the other hand, knows that maybe he's moving on to bigger and better things, which yeah. you never would have thought to say about moving from Ferrari to somewhere else. Exactly. But, yeah, for sure. Such as 2020, I guess. Such yeah. As 2020. So. Again, yeah, um, I yeah, I didn't want to mention just Leclerc. Like we've, I've seen him. I've watched the full races for the last few seasons uh, for the British Grand Prix, and he's a sneaky one. Every time that that track's up there, he's always, always right there with Verstappen. For some reason, he's just, I don't know, he just knows the corners and yeah. Uh, racers just have their favorite tracks. Yeah, he just when... was really good every year. So uh, surprising to see him in uh, P three there again, but it was a nice surprise. Um, moving on to the next weekend, we had the second British Grand Prix. So. We saw Nico Hulkenberg once again in the racing point while Sergio Perez was out with COVID. And he managed to qualify in P3. This guy was just a super sub all season long. So qualifying P3 was phenomenal. Uh, unfortunately, couldn't convert. Unfortunately, could not convert. I think 7th or 8th is when he ended up finishing that race. But mm-hmm. uh, we did see a little bit of change in that uh Podium, we saw Max Verstappen's first win of the season. So the first win of the season that was not a Mercedes. So it was very nice to see Max on uh, P1 to finish yeah. that race. But once again, a variation of Hambot Ver. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. Love, to, love to hear it start with Ver, at least. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Exactly. exactly. I'll take Ver Hambot any day. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, moving on to round six, we were in Spain. Not too much to note there. We had another Hamverbot. Yeah, race not. and uh, <laughs> that was, nothing too that was pretty much, much it. pretty much just moved through the next two we had belgium the same kind of deal nothing too much to note um it's so obviously for us i don't want to just like breeze over these like i will watch any kind of formula one race just watching them out there on the track watching them take their turns like i watch them in free practice now like it is phenomenal to see these cars and these drivers, the the uh, skill they have. So. And the, yeah. me- the mechanics and pit team, too. Everything about it. Oh, is just oh man. Beautiful. And that's, and that's like, you know, that's what got us into the sport. It's like, we didn't know a lot about the technicalities, who the best drivers are and this and that. What got us into the sport is watching the Netflix series and just seeing, the, like, the sheer power of these cars. So, like Aaron said, I don't care who wins the race. I mean, obviously, I'd like to have an interesting result in the yeah. end. But just getting to see these guys drive around with so much skill um you know so much so much speed focus mm-hmm. and then not even just the drivers but like the whole operation that goes behind it you have a whole team sitting like mission control style mm-hmm. rooms overseas um the whole thing is just like mind-blowing to watch mm-hmm. yeah absolutely and just one thing to mention from belgium this was their first time returning to spa where it was the it wasn't the year anniversary but the first time since um antoine hubert's fatal crash so they had a nice little little ceremony for him and it was obviously Pierre being one of his like lifelong friends it was a emotional weekend for him as well yeah definitely an emotional weekend and um you know that leads us nicely into our uh next race which is the first round in Italy uh the at Monza where Gasly you know such a great race and it was it was an interesting race because we had so much going on it was the uh there was a crash I believe that led to the first safety car uh correct me if I'm wrong and then what led to the, the end and the crazy result was Magnussen um, pulling over to the side of the track, which caused Gasly, who was leading at the time of the restart, stayed in the lead and ended up winning the race. So our first yeah. real like 
change up in 2020. Um, and best performance by a Haas that year up until that point was just parking it on the side of the road. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If, uh, it wasn't the pit crew's fault this time. <laughs> yeah. If that Haas can't be useful driving all four wheels, might as well put it to use somehow. Yeah, so. and yeah. that was, Signs was pressing Gasly. It was a battle well, for... laps, you would have saw Carlos. Yeah, it was a yeah. battle for first. It was something that we, yeah. we hadn't seen because, again, this was our first year really watching. Yeah. So seeing a battle for first at the end of a race was just yeah. fucking incredible to watch. Yeah, And, and, and like... You know, it. We're probably going to make a lot of diehard F one fans jealous because in our first year watching, we get to see, see something like <laughs> yeah. that. I believe that was the first non Mercedes, Ferrari, or Red Bull race winner since twenty thirteen. Yes. So just getting to see that in our first year watching is uh, definitely a treat. Yeah. And spoiled. Yeah. Spoiled is, is the word. Comes to mind. One of the things that blew my mind that was obviously when we were first. This is our first half season watching the races, and for me, it wasn't even a full half because again, I was late on it. But watching this kind of a race come through um and then looking at get really getting into the sport and seeing how many fans there are in the world for f1 when a majority of the races like we've seen in the past few seasons are hamilton botas or sapping on the podium is absolutely phenomenal it, it's an it's a testament to the absolute skill and the risk and the speed that we've been talking about so much in this series um so to see a race like this was was absolutely phenomenal. We saw Lewis drop down with a penalty and then try to fight his way back up, but we knew... Which he did. He did. Yeah, he did a great job. we knew we were going to see a new podium, so we saw Gasly finish P1, Signs just behind in P2, and Lance Stroll take his uh, first podium of the season in P3. Yeah. And just like, if you can see what we see right now, we're looking at the the list of podiums for the whole year and just it's a sea of black and navy blue track suits or yeah. race suits and just seeing this one where it's completely different it was just goes to show how crazy of a race it was and uh not to un- over uh sorry undermine uh Gasly getting that race win a week after the first anniversary of uh, losing his his really close friend so it was yeah. definitely you know couldn't have picked a better winner for that race and if i do recall correctly it was ferrari's 1000th race in Italy, it and it was the other Italian team that they're talking about, probably for Ferrari's benefit because they were shit that weekend. They were so the fact that Gasly's storyline completely just wiped that under the carpet and just mm-hmm. made it look way better because they were trying to celebrate a thousand Grand Prix races, mm-hmm. and the performance they ended up with, I'm going to pull it up right here, um, they were... No finishes. They... Both of them didn't finish. Double DNA. Double DNA. <laughs> so, I was going to say, I know Charles did because he was the reason for the safety car. Yeah. yeah. Vettel, so, yeah. Tough. So, yeah, that... Oh, Vettel, it was his brakes that like, caught on fire. Oh, he yeah, and he went right through the first through. chicane. Yeah, he, yeah, cracked, yeah. he crashed right through all those uh, those foam barriers. So, wow. yeah, 1,000 Grand Prix, terrible, completely overshadowed by this amazing race. Yeah. And again, we are spoiled. This is our first year watching this because it was sure. so much fun to watch but it, that It's race. also one of those things where even moving forward, you cannot miss a Grand Prix because you're going to miss a weekend like this. So even if you end up coming out of a Belgian or a Hungary Grand Prix and, you know, it's, oh, it's another Hamilton, Botas, Verstappen, but you had an opportunity mm-hmm. to, that you were going to miss a race like this. Yeah, and with the regulation changes coming up and leveling we're up the playing see. field, we're... I hope we get to see more races like this because yeah. this was electric to watch. It's and it's proof too that there's people that believe in this sport. There's so much they're gaining so much of a following right now. It's insane and there's so much more money being put into this sport. So these other teams are just going to keep getting better. Uh, so let's hope we can just see more podiums like this. So um, moving forward, we had another race in Italy, um, September 11th to 13th weekend. Mm-hmm. 
This was the uh, Tuscan, 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 yeah. Tuscan Grand Prix. <laughs> yeah, Tuscan Grand Prix. Yeah, Magello. racing in Mugello, which so is, a new I track. believe. Yeah, new track. Yeah, no data or anything. That was uh, very, oh, yes. Yeah, so, <laughs> so, yeah, a little blunder there. A little blunder. So, this was Ferrari's 1000th Grand Prix. Yeah. So, either so, way, I don't think they had a good one this one. Yeah. So, James, you're not too wrong on but that. But at least fucked up. At least the double <laughs> DNF happened in race 9,000, uh, sorry, 999. Yeah. Not quite yeah. Right. But if I do recall correctly, Seb released the news that race week that he, that was, he was going to Aston Martin. So yeah. that did Timely. kind of overshadow. They were like, we need that. some news. Let's yeah. cut Seb. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, but yeah, um, the only thing really notable here was Albin's first ever yeah, podium. Sorry. First and ever the, race podium. And yeah. the big crash that we saw. Uh, off the restart. Off the restart. So we did see a safety car and there was a scary, scary crash involving multiple cars. Uh, everyone was okay at the end and... I think there was a lot of talk at the FIA and just how to do some restarts and standing mm-hmm. restarts and stuff like that. So yeah. the new track could have played a little bit into it. For sure. But yeah. But I, don't, I don't think they ever really came to a conclusion like who was at fault. It was just a big nothing, anything, yeah, clusterfuck. I, I think they were talking about like next time if they go back to that track that they would just want to do starting grid. Um, okay. Like a, restarts, like a yeah. like sat, seated, um, stationary restarts. Stationary restarts just because you're coming out of that first corner and you, the tail end of um, the gr- the uh, the grid ends up not being able to see what the purple in the, people in the front are doing. Yeah. So it was yeah that was kind of why that accident recurred. But um, yeah, other than that, not too much to know. Unfortunately, Safety I know it was had a, a lot of mileage that day. It did have a lot of mileage, <laughs> and another unfortunate race for Ferrari. It's an ongoing theme this year, and in their thousandth Grand Prix, we've had debate over this. I loved the look of that Ferrari that day. Like yeah. if I was, I I really really like the the dark red, uh, uh, paint job that they gave that car that week. So I don't know. I think James agreed, but yeah. I don't know. Did you? Yeah, agree? I wasn't a big fan. I I just I think maybe just how iconic the like the straight red look mm-hmm. is for me. Yeah. The scarlet uh, red. Yeah. Yeah, it looked maybe a little bit sunburnt to me that weekend. But... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, they certainly yeah. were burnt. That's yeah. I feel like it, it's either one of the spectrum or the other. If you liked it or you disliked it, yeah. I feel like there's no one sitting in the middle. It was. I personally, again, I like the livery that they had going yeah. out that weekend, yeah. but I feel like there was no one in between that was like, eh, I don't really mind. It I was like, reason... I hated it or I loved it. It yeah. was just, one or the other. Yeah, and just to defend myself, I can appreciate the reason behind it. Nothing, a thousand races is nothing to, to scoff at. So, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, glad they did something at least. Yeah, for sure. And there's actually, uh, just to talk a little bit about like the cards that were came out that weekend. So Tops now releases cards after every race. And uh, they did release a special card for the uh, Tuscan Ferrari 1000th race. And they had a nice picture with the that paint job. And it's actually one of the most rare cards for the full year this year. So if you can get your hands on that one on eBay, uh, definitely check it out. I'm still trying to find that one. So just the, the picture they took of it and the card they made is absolutely beautiful. So uh, moving on from the two Italian uh, races we had, we had a little bit of another snooze fest in Russia in late September. Uh, with a Bottas win, Verstappen P two and Hamilton P three. Yeah, Putin. Um, Putin couldn't get his uh, Kvyat up on the podium. Yeah, so. we, yeah. I think everyone was pulling for him that weekend. Even though <laughs> I think that was the first weekend that there was some people in the stands. If, or no, Italy was one of the Italy ones because they, had they put the, the nurses, healthcare workers. Yeah, they had the nurses and doctors. Yeah, it was yeah. a great gesture that so they it had. Was a great was, gesture uh, for sure. Putting them out there and yeah. respecting all the work that they've done over this pandemic because. Yeah. What if people remember at the very beginning of it all, Italy was hit hard, hard, yeah, and one of the so hardest. it it was nice to kind of uh, like bring to light 
the, the work that those healthcare workers are doing and s- continue to do because it's still not over yet. But yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Russia, not too much to know. We didn't have any highlights on that one, but um, our last two races to talk about before um, we started our podcast in Imola. So if you want to, again, if you want to listen to our in-depth reviews, you can go back to our podcast episode one. Shoeless Hamilton. Shoeless Hamilton. What a, what a way to start. <laughs> so from uh, round 11, we're talking uh, early October, we saw the Eiffel Grand Prix at the Nuremberg Ring. So a return of an old classic, classic track for the Formula One uh, for, for the sport. And we saw Daniel Ricciardo with his first podium in mm-hmm. a while and Renault's first podium in a while, while. <laughs> yeah, yes. in a long time. <laughs> Um, yeah, with, with Danny Rick, of course, it was the, the storyline of the weekend was the tattoo or how he calls it a tattoo, a tattoo, a tattoo, a tattoo. to all it. our Australian listeners, we promise, you know, a Canadian say in pronounced words, if you, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Terry yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so no animosity there, but <laughs> the tattoo, tattoo yeah. for Cyril, the tattoo for Cyril, which we're still waiting on, but we're excited yeah. to see, like yeah. we mentioned, uh, um, Daniel did mention this weekend that, um, at Abu Dhabi that, they're expecting to do it sometime in the off season. So by uh, next year, we should be able to see it. Yeah. But there's one thing that I did want to mention was in October, they were expecting like potential snow, crazy weather mm-hmm. that was going to come in. I do remember trying to tune in on the very first day on Friday. It was completely fogged out that they needed the helicopter to have proper visibility in the event that if someone did crash, they were able to fly them into the next hospital because it's such a long drive. I think it was like 45 minutes or something stupid like that. So it canceled the entire first practice one one and and two, two, Mm -hmm. which was difficult because this was like the coldest race to date that they had in the 2020 season. So losing a day of testing, Mm -hmm. not knowing how the tires were going to react. And on an old track, yeah. On a track that they haven't visited in a long ass time. So it was, it definitely kind of... uh, It was... It was also, I remember it being an action-packed race. We had an amazing first mm-hmm. lap. That was mm-hmm. um, when Kimi Raikkonen had his unbelievable first lap where he was just like, watch this lap on YouTube. Yeah, the Iceman skating through everybody. I, what I don't understand, what I don't understand when I watch that lap is how? Because yeah. this guy is like average placement this year has probably been like 15th. And yeah. he's going past like... Red Bulls, Renaults, racing points, like they're like pylons. No, exactly. And like that that might sound like a shot at Kimmy, but he even said it himself. He like when asked about his lap, he said basically he didn't even know what the other drivers were doing yeah. because he it felt too easy for him. He was just yeah. skating through everyone. Yeah. And of course he says in the most nonchalant way ever yeah. as Kimmy does. Yeah. So it was it was a funny start and if I do remember correctly, he did end up being rewarded with it with a few points. Yeah, at and, the end of the and race. give him credit because probably like what helped him do that is just like all the experience he has. He he's driven probably every type of uh, conditions there are, and oh, yeah. maybe like other drivers might have been having some trouble with their tires with such cold temperatures, getting temperature yeah. in them, and then you know for him right off the start, no problems. He'll he'll just get through anybody. Okay. Yeah, Kimmy did not get any points, but his teammate uh, did. With, yeah, uh, he had an time. interesting first lap. That's <laughs> yeah. all he really asked for. Yeah, well, and the one thing that you that really comes to mind when you watch that lap is that you see a guy that's in a bad car but he's a great driver and we have to give credit to that bottom half of the grid because they're all good formula one drivers yeah. so you they're see all one like drivers that. which yeah says a lot of them in their the car place. might not be able to take them the race pace that they need to finish in those points positions or those podiums but it's still phenomenal to watch and that brings us back to our point where it doesn't matter if it's the same podium that you see every weekend, this sport is amazing because you watch all those little things that happens during the race. So yeah. unbelievable. 
Uh, we had a little break. That was the first break we've seen in a long time. Uh, it felt so like an eternity. felt like an eternity for us, and I don't know what we're going to do. Like we said, moving into the new year, it's going to be a long one. But Because also, one thing to mention is that October, first week of October, is typically when the NHL starts. Yes. And yeah. to this day, I don't even know what fucking day it is right now. December 14th. Or mid-December. We still like, do not have hockey, so yeah. that was like, typically we have sports firing on all cylinders. Yeah. NFL is mid-year, but yeah. NHL hasn't started, so this break between races was so damn long. It was brutal, yeah. Oh, man, you couldn't have picked a better year for us to get into this sport because <laughs> yeah. as, as a few Canadians, we're normally, like James said, we're, we're used to watching NHL hockey well, yeah. well into this point, and to have this to bridge the gap, um, you know, anyone else who's a hockey fan, you'll know that hopefully NHL's come back January 13th, but yeah, having this to bridge that gap was essential to our yeah. city. My girlfriend actually asked me the other day, she said, no, I, didn't, I haven't asked you guys this yet, but it'd be interesting for your take. Uh, she asked me straight up if there was a Grand Prix or a hockey game on at the exact same time. Like I'm, I'm a Penguins fan. So if there was a Penguins game or a Grand Prix on, what would you watch? Is and regular, I said, if it's a regular season I said, game. if it's regular season, I'm watching the Grand Prix. Yeah. And if they have a lead in the playoff series and it's not an elimination game, I'm watching the Grand Prix. I'll tune in the third period. <laughs> I got no, no, sorry. I'll have the Grand Prix on my TV and the the laptop streaming exactly. the hockey game. Maybe well, it'll flip for it. sure. Maybe it'll flip if the interval time is plus five seconds. Yeah, everybody. Yeah. I know I got a couple laps to go watch yeah. a little bit, but well, if it's a Penguins game, um, I mean, I'm not tuning in even if there's yeah. not a Grand Prix. But if it's a Sens game, on the other hand, it's a tough choice. But win like, or lose, yeah, win or lose. Don't but, give a damn. That's why I said I'm a Pens fan. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 no, it's okay. Um, yeah, I think it's tough, but I I probably go Grand Prix just because there's less on the year. Yeah, um, mm-hmm, absolutely. Okay, and, okay. Let me let me say this then. Goes down to Abu Dhabi, <laughs> and for some reason Abu Dhabi is like one or two points between the top three people in the drivers' standings. Oh. And it's Game Seven of the Stanley Cup Finals, and it's the same night at the same time. What are you watching? Okay, who's in the Cup Finals? That's the real question. Who's in the, it's um. Sends and oh, okay. oh, oh my, my god! god. Oh, oh my god! god. Yeah, maybe that's too easy. Yeah, see these guys? Okay. See these guys? At the end of the day, we're still so Canadians. I'm just trying. At to the end of the day, out. like you said, we're Canadians. No, if my we, team's in the finals, I'm watching the finals. Fair enough. Out. Fair enough. Okay, I, I just we just wanted to make sure. Again, you guys are getting brought down to earth. We're not pros, but we love this sport, and that's what it would take for us not to watch a Grand Prix. There you go. And if you want some expert analysis, go listen to Will Buxton because, like Aaron said, we're by no means experts, but this is meant to be <laughs> yeah. 10 times more entertaining. Sorry, Will, if you're listening. And one other thing, illegal streams help us out so much. So the game <laughs> would be on the main TV. The race would be on the laptop right next to me. Yeah, yeah. That is what it would be. So buff streams if you want to support the pod. <laughs> <laughs> we're probably, like, writing off so many sponsors right now by saying this. Yeah. yeah. You know what? It's okay. It's okay. I use my neighbor's internet, so it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, moving on to our last race before we get into the ones we've already covered in our episodes. We saw the Portuguese, the Portimao Grand Prix. Uh, where we saw another Hamilton, Botas, Verstappen finish. I'm trying to remember if there was anything amazing. Well, brand new track. Brand new brand track. New track. Never, never, I don't think F1's ever been on it before. No. And we did hear a lot of the drivers say that they loved the track. So yeah. maybe, um, you know, there's a lot of tracks this year that we saw that a lot of fans said that they would love to see back. Maybe this is one that the drivers can have, who have mm-hmm. a little more leverage than us, obviously. Um, a little more. Yeah, just a little. Can hopefully try to bring back because um, it seemed like a great track. Obviously, the result didn't end up being too uh, interesting. We had another hand-bought Ver result, 
but if the track's great and you know there's always the potential for something crazy to happen yeah i i do remember the racers had one complaint was because like the surface similar to turkey was mm-hmm. like resurfaced recently Slick, yeah so it was a little bit slippery so maybe after a full year as well bringing them back to that track where they can actually get proper grip and proper performance mm-hmm. would make it even more of an exciting race because these guys can literally just put these cars to the absolute max they may have been a little tentative mm-hmm. but yeah these guys again it was just a nice track and if they enjoyed it send them yeah for send sure. them back exactly and you got to wonder like these tracks that aren't used to hosting f1 races are probably we're doing a last minute logistics work because uh they realized you know they got to bring the track up to standard and i think another thing that played a lot of uh played factor was the high winds i think i remember there being a lot of winds that weekend where uh drivers were mentioning but mm-hmm. um you know anything that can like spice up the race a little bit uh, it didn't work in this case, but, you know, if they go back on a regular basis, I'm sure we'd see something, so. Yeah, it was a nice track, too. I remember being a really cool track to yeah. watch and very technical, so. Uh, all in all, that brings us to, again, our uh, Imola review, Shoeus Hamilton, episode one of the podcast. You can follow from there on to see our reviews of the next few races. And from there, uh, we it's time to really just put a bow on, uh, put a bow tass, like <laughs> I've been saying multiple times in this episode, on uh, 2020 as a whole. Yeah. Uh, not only for F1, but 2020 in general. Um, wish everyone that's uh, tuning into our podcast Happy New Year and a Merry Christmas. Um, all in all, I think there's just some roundup stats that we've written down just, just to just to wrap up a little like 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 that Spotify uh, wrapped. Uh, the, the year, year, year end, year end statistics. Yeah, just to show how spoiled we really were this year for our first, first ever year. Yeah, yeah. It's, like Aaron mentioned, just a few points to recap. So, just some uh, notable uh, first for the year. We ended the year with two new race winners. Um, don't have to repeat who those were. I'm sure you all know. But Pierre Gasly and Sergio Perez taking their first ever wins in Formula One. Pierre Gasly, obviously being a much younger driver, but Sergio Perez, ten years in F1. Getting his first win, and we all saw how emotional he was. So, oh, great so, stat to see. So emotional. You had yeah. two of these wins that came at amazing times because mm-hmm. the first one, mm-hmm. as we mentioned before, Gasly with the emotions of losing his friend uh, Anton Hubert the, the year prior. You saw him on that podium really, really thinking of his friend. And, and just soaking um, It really just gives you chills. In, yeah. Soaking everything in on a day where there's not even fans. Like, yeah. imagine yeah. the emotions oh. if there was fans this year. Especially Next in Monza. Year, yeah, especially what a Monza. podium Beautiful that podium. is. Oh. So that is the first one where it really strikes me. I remember having chills watching that. I'm getting goosebumps um, right now. Getting goosebumps thinking now it. thinking about yeah. it. And then you see Perez, who'd already been announced that he's there's still a possibility this man does not have a seat next year. He's had an amazing 10-year career in Formula 1 thus far. He wins a Grand Prix this year, late in the year. Um, and when his national anthem was playing, he was crying on the podium. And as someone that's played sports and grown up loving, loving competition, you see a man that's at the peak of his career. He's at the pinnacle. He's at the... The, his goal, his childhood dream, like many of us in Canada, winning a cup, he's crying on the podium. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, so so those were our two new race winners for the year. We also had a couple more first with uh, um, three new podium finishers. I'll let uh, James maybe speak a little bit about that. Yeah, we saw, uh, we mentioned Norris at the very, very beginning, first race of the year at uh, the Red Bull Ring. Albin scooped one up in between, and Ocon... Um, was it the? It was the same race as Perez on the Bahrain. Sac- that's right. Yeah, yeah, at the Bahrain uh, circuit where he kind of got overshadowed because, of course, Perez had that 
yeah. from literally last place after the first lap to P1. So mm. kind of tough for Ocon to get his first ever podium. But again, just playing on to how Renault's really uh, coming into form here. Yeah, me. and great to see three young drivers get their first podium. Yeah. Like you said, Ocon was overshadowed by two huge storylines. Obviously, Perez With- getting his first win and Russell driving that Mercedes. Mm-hmm. Um, Ocon also had that year off as well. Oh, that's last right. Year. Yeah. So for him to get a result like that must be a huge boost to his confidence. Yeah. And and we saw like after 2018, so many people you know said Ocon was deserving of that seat. Obviously, got pushed out by just two drivers with more money, more sponsors, Stroll and uh, Perez mm-hmm. uh, on the form- team formerly known as Force India. <laughs> so to have yeah. Ocon back in F1 where he probably belongs is was great to see and t- for him to get a podium. Um, definitely deserves the mention. And then another first this year, Greg, I'll let you mention it. Yeah, um, fellow Canadian to fellow give a Canadian. shout out to you. So we talked about that in the uh, wet turkey episode, but in the wet, we've seen Lance Stroll put on some performances, some great performances, and he was able to nick pole position uh, in Turkey this year, and it was really phenomenal. Again, you watch the emotions, you listen to the emotions in the team radios mm-hmm. for something like that, and uh, you say what you want about Lance, but he proved that he does deserve his seat. And as much yeah. as we might shit on his personality sometimes, because it might be not the not our favorite one in F one, he is a talented driver, and yeah. that was huge for his confidence. Unfortunately, he couldn't really keep it yeah, going. We know how the race ended up. Yeah, but. yeah, and then yeah. So moving on from there, um, a season like this one, another one where you, we saw a lot of Lewis Hamilton, Valtteri Bottas, and Max Verstappen on the podium. Uh, an interesting stat: well, there was actually thirteen different drivers who got their way onto the podium so on a grid of 20 drivers 13 of them uh, appearing on the podium at some point obviously some way more than others yeah <laughs> but um i think that's one of the distinct features of this year was just everything that went on um probably not something you would have seen in other years so great for us more great than for half of the drivers. all fans yeah, yeah 13 exactly. so seven who didn't find their way on and that was probably due more because of their cars than anything uh, yeah not was, discrediting them discrediting them out, yeah it was all. just the three bottom teams in yeah, kivyat that exactly. did not find their way onto a podium but this year. um yeah and that's something that we were even surprised seeing like just going through the recap of the year it feel, felt like we saw a lot of uh handbot verb but 13 different drivers on a grid of 20 so yeah. definitely nothing more you could really ask for in this yeah, kind of era. exactly there's some good performances by some uh, a lot of the drivers and uh, they were rewarded with it and it was nice to see some new faces up on the podium even if they were behind masks but yeah. it was definitely nice to see them up there i think uh it's just so impressive that um there's you know how hard it is to get on that podium you realize that the top three out of out of yeah out of 20 is so hard to do uh, so seeing those drivers up there at at 13 out of 20 rate is phenomenal so one of the coolest stats we found this year was definitely that uh so yeah boys it's been a phenomenal episode it's been super long going through all the drivers uh and all the races but i did want to ask you guys for each of our drivers of the year so we will be coming up with a lot more predictions and hot takes and stuff for next season but i want to just wrap up this season by each of us going to our drivers of the year so who wants to start yeah, I'll start, um, and I'll preface this by saying there's so many drivers I could have picked because I watched this sport with a lot of emotion, and there's so many good storylines you could pick, but I think for me, um, it was one that I saw earlier in the year, and that's Pierre Gasly will be my driver of the year, not only because of his first race win uh, a week after he, um, the anniversary of him losing one of his best friends, but just the way he drove all year. It was overshadowed mm-hmm. by a lot of different storylines, but um, I think... Uh, 
if you look at the top 10, the standings of the top 10 drivers' uh, championship points, he snuck his way into the top 10 he, in an he, Alpha. Yeah, he did overtake Stroll. On yeah, the so in an Alpha Tower, he drove very, very well. Um, his, Pierre Gasly? His qualification performance shocked me. Absolutely. He's in a car. He's three up there. Oh, and he what? was like top five yeah. for the first those few weeks in the middle of the year. He had some reliability issues, but mm-hmm. his Saturday was phenomenal. He was yeah. always qualifying. We, we knew we were going to see him up there. Um, so yeah, it's great, great to see, and I think that's a phenomenal pick. Yeah, and uh, also worth mentioning that like probably a factor that played into me picking him is just uh, you hate to see how hard of a time he had a Red Bull. You know, obviously yeah. a lot of drivers have a tough time at Red Bull, and they're notorious for maybe being a little tough on their drivers. So um, to see him come back and just have such an amazing year, uh, I think that warrants his um, his pick for yeah. me as as driver, yeah, my driver. Absolutely, just just him shaking off being like just kicked to the curb midway yeah. through the year, yeah. and just really taking that Alpha Tauri job in stride. Mm-hmm. It it was really refreshing to see, and it you can't not love him. It, no, it was incredible to see. We love underdogs and watching some yeah, guy like exactly. you said emotionally the things he would have been through in the last uh, you know twelve to fourteen months. Phenomenal, yeah. phenomenal. And actually, last point I'll mention about him. Um, he released recently, I think, what um, Antoine Hubert told him after he was demoted from the number one Red Bull team back to Alpha Tauri. Uh, Antoine told him, just go out and prove every, everybody wrong. And it's sad that Antoine wasn't around to see that, but Pierre did exactly that. Yeah, so exactly. Gotta love seeing that, for yeah, sure. For yeah. Sure. Um, my driver of the year would be Charles. He definitely just outperformed his teammate, that car... His There's four-time world champion team. Maybe. His four-time world, exactly. exactly. So just from a team with such like poise, such history, to have such a bad year, mm-hmm. and Charles to still come out with a couple podiums, mm-hmm. he ended eighth in the drivers, just seven points behind Albin, who was technically in the second best car on the mm-hmm. grid, 100%. and Charles was in a piece of shit. And yeah. we saw his Saturdays, again, I'll mention it. Yeah. His Saturdays were phenomenal. He's put on... Those laps you see them pull out, Gasly pulled some out, Charles pulled arguably better ones out because his car, you know how bad it is. Yeah. He so would find like, himself in that top three. Leclerc even had that one yeah. lap, uh, where was, was it? Bahrain. In Bahrain. He, yeah. he just put put his car in P4 and he's just like, fuck it. That's that's as good as this <laughs> yeah. is going to get. Like, I'm I, not, don't even, I don't even going to try one more fast yeah. lap. Like, I actually, that's it. I, I think that it was funny because that's exactly what it looked like. It actually was tire allocation, the reason he didn't go back out. It was tire allocation, mm-hmm. but it was but, hilarious that that was like yeah, exactly. what he looked like. So a lot yeah. of a lot of pain that he went through this year. Yeah, he's gonna take that and learn. Being able to bounce ideas off of a four-time world champion, the sky's the limit with him. And of course, hopefully a better engine for him next year because yeah. it was tough watching some races. He was just sinking like a rock. But yeah, yeah. and Ferrari, that's a great pick actually because Ferrari. Um, might have had almost like next to no points this year if it wasn't for yeah. <laughs> because yeah. while yeah. Seb did have a few good results, there was a lot where he finished out of the top 10. So he, mm-hmm. Charles Leclerc probably saved Ferrari from having almost next to no points, which is, yeah. gives yeah. him a lot of credit. Ferrari right? had 131, mm-hmm. 98 of them came from Charles. Wow. wow, okay. Yeah, so well, yeah. We talked about Hulkenberg being higher in the standings yeah. for most of the year than Vettel. So yeah. <laughs> It's and impressive. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, that's my driver of the Char- Charles, uh, two amazing picks. I think everyone knows where I'm going with my pick. Absolutely despise Alvin. this man when I first... <laughs> 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 oh, <that's a> <laughs> no. 
Jesus Christ. Never, never. <laughs> Sergio Perez, the guy oh. that deserves the seat for Alexander Alba. Shocker. Shocker of the year right here. <laughs> hey, you guys took the other two, so I had to go with this one, but it's there's no way you cannot put this guy in the conversation with Dragon. Absolutely. Missed two two starts with COVID, had reliability issues off and on throughout the year. Finished P4 in the driver's standings behind Max Verstappen with 125 Thank you, Statman James. Thank you, Statman <laughs> James, pointing his uh, iPhone 12 at me. Uh, 125 points. I knew he was P4. I didn't realize that he had that many points. Phenomenal, phenomenal man. A class act throughout this whole season. He's been absolutely shit on by Racing Point. He's outperformed Lance Stroll like a motherfucker. Like Lance Stroll has looked... So B class compared to him, bit it's of unluck as well. Yeah. Unlucky, but Perez has just been so consistent. You can pretty much nail yeah. him down for a P four if his car stays P four or up because he's had podiums, he's had a race win. Uh, he was on pace for at one point. He was on pace for three podiums in a row. Uh, suffered reliability issues, team strategy issues, uh, but this man deserves a seat. He deserves a seat. He needs a seat. And it's it will be a travesty if he's not in the sport next year. And if they put him in that Red Bull, he we know that he's going to give Max Verstappen a run because he he just has this ability to adapt to what he's mm-hmm. driving in. Uh, he makes love to his tires, <laughs> and he absolutely does amazing. If you want to talk about how much better he's been than Stroll, Statman James has put a stat in front of me. Eleven to three is the qualifications. Uh, when it comes to a versus stat between Lance Stroll and Sergio Perez. Sergio Perez, 11, Lance Stroll, 3. And one of those was a poll, which Perez arguably would have nicked if it wasn't for an unfortunate yellow flag during that yeah. session. So, so, yeah, great pick for the great drive pick. of the year. I think all three of those, you could <clears throat> pick any of them and we would we would be happy with you. Emotions ran high. They had amazing pace this year. They're Saturday qualities, and they did the best with the packages they have. Yeah, and like you said, so many honorable mentions we could have well, picked. Uh, for me, a few that come to mind, Daniel Ricciardo um, getting yeah. his first two podiums with Renault even after Two a podiums year. and three races yeah. for a Renault yeah. so, so after many, not having them. In, it's just so hard to pick just yeah. three, but um, so many drivers that had great years this year in a, in a year that was challenging in so many ways mm-hmm. just with all the changes that went on everything like that. And... For sure. uh, my close second, Alexander Alvin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, really. If you want to bet, if the driver of losing you the most money this year, yeah, Alexander Alvin. <laughs> honestly. Also, thanks, Max, for the dub bet on you. Buddy. Yes, for sure. We didn't talk about our Abu Dhabi bets, but uh, James, I did post it on our Instagram. James did have Max, so congratulations for that. I had Lewis, unfortunate. Still not a bad bet because it's Lewis Hamilton. But we had Max win. Uh, he did pull away enough for me to win a little bit of money back. Um, but all in all, we we're excited for some yeah, more gambling yeah. next year on so, uh, Formula One. And just tell me, boys, uh, as a quick closing note, like, what was your bet on Alpine last weekend? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> P6 or worse, so, and you just comfortable in yeah. four all race. So it's but. not – we're talking about Alvin losing us money. We're not talking about him losing us money because we're betting for him to do well. He loses us money when we bet for him to do well, and then we're mad at him, so we bet for him to do poorly, and he does well. So yeah. he shits on our days. And again, I'm not picking Perez to take a seat because of this, because everyone knows that Perez deserves a seat. So it looks even worse. But Sergio Perez in the Red Bull seat. Please mm-hmm. and thank you. I want everyone to post on our Instagram for this page, uh, for this episode's post. Who do you think the driver of the year was for yourself? You can agree with us. Go ahead, say Gasly, say 
Perez because you know I'm right, or what was yours, <laughs> Charles Leclerc? If you say Albin, I hate you. Unfollow <laughs> us. <laughs> yeah, unfollow us. But he won't be in a C next year. That's uh, yeah. Geez, Greg, you tell us how you really feel. And yeah. just, just just a quick disclaimer: the beers have been flowing for this last episode. Got to celebrate the end of the year somehow. Celebrating so the the, uh, the emotions might have been more raw, a bit more raw than usual. But it's yeah. also just an emotional time because this yeah. is our. We've again spoiled this year. But we've seen an amazing year. It's come to an end. We're excited for next year. So let's yep. celebrate that. Yeah. So let's have a, a Merry Christmas. Merry yes. Christmas. Happy New Year. 2021. We got big things coming. Formula One in 2021. We will see you there. Cheers. Smell ya. <laughs>